This is episode 35 with Nick Elvery. You love it. You are great at it. The world needs it. You are paid for it. In this program, we go deep to get answers to essential questions and learn how to develop key skills to live a life that moves you. This is the Beyond the Surface Podcast. My guest is a drug addict turned peak performance coach. His name is Nick Elvery, and to free himself from a decade of drugs and alcohol, he committed to learning about transformational psychology, cognitive therapies, NLP, hypnotherapy, biohacking, and more. Following his personal transformation, he's helped improve the lives of his clients, including CEOs, Ironman uh, triathletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, and corporate professionals. In this episode, I asked Nick to share more about his story, how he started his coaching business, and to share with us uh, some practical tips on how to overcome procrastination, self-doubt, so that you can create a business and life you love. Nick, welcome to the show and thank you so much for reaching out to, you know, talk talk about a little bit about you and your story, which, you know, I really caught my attention after I visited the website. Uh, thanks. No, I appreciate you having me on, Lonzo. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I mean, it, we'll, we'll just get started at the beginning. It's probably a, an easy way, um, you know, to get into this interview. So I spent about 12 years addicted to hard drugs and alcohol, as you spoke about in the intro. And through this process, I managed to get clean. And it's been about eight years, it will be eight years this year that I left that world behind. Mm -hmm. And it was obviously the most important part of my life, having dealt with the addiction. But I was still at the mercy of my mind. I was still going through that roller coaster of negative thoughts, uh, depression, and suicidal thoughts. And at the same time, I was trying to build my coaching business and had done mm -hmm. for a number of years. And I had hired the best coaches or some of the best coaches on the planet to help me build coaching, my coaching practice. I had spent tens of thousands of dollars on courses and coaches mm -hmm. and learned all the strategies and techniques of you know, how to build a coaching business, but none yeah. of them made a difference. Nick, I wanted to pass for a second and rewind a little bit. Mm, uh, sure. What? Tell me a little bit about kind of like the early stages, maybe before you started getting addicted, what happened in your life that, uh, I guess, led you to seek refuge on alcohol and drugs? Yeah, I mean, like Mike, most people's journeys, it started with um, just having fun with friends, you know, just smoking cigarettes. You know, just, yeah, just doing what everyone else was doing, right? Following the crowd. And um, it just started smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol as a kid. And it just progressed from then on. And, you know, each time I would try something new and it would get more. And so initially it wasn't uh, an addiction straight away. It was just getting involved in that side of life, right? And what really transpired was I was using it as an escapism eventually from running away from things that happened in my family mm. and experiences of life. Right. And I think uh -huh. that, that ultimately what it, it, what it transformed to, it transformed into was an escapism mechanism. Yeah. And, you know, that then it became a very different beast entirely. It became something that it was just focused on getting drugs, using drugs and repeating every single day as much as I possibly could. Um, so I think, Initially, it was just a bit of fun, and mm -hmm. then it turned into something much more serious as the time went on. Now, what was the lowest point that made you have that moment where you say, hey, I have to do something about this, which is, I guess, the beginning of your transformation, right? Yeah, so I had lots of low points. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, you know, I think that's one of the frustrating things of addiction is that you, you get to the point where you say, right, now is enough is enough. And, you, you know, I want to I wanna do something about this. And I, I said that to myself thousands of times, you know, and then the next day or the next minute or the next half an hour or whatever, I'd be back using drugs again. Mm -hmm. So there were, there were lots of different things that happened and my health was destroyed. My relationships with my family and friends were destroyed. My businesses never took off for obvious reasons. I didn't have good romantic relationships. You know, every facet of my life took a massive dive And it was only really seeing or having a new awareness of seeing how bad it had actually got mm -hmm. that allowed me to really take uh, the next actions. Because addiction is like a fog. 
it shrouds you, it covers you, your awareness uh-huh. and it keeps you in this cycle of addiction and makes it very difficult for you to see and probably not wanting to see um, what life is really like. Yeah. So, you know, there is all these different low points uh, during that yearning. And, you know, you try, you say it sometimes to yourself, hey, I'm going to do something about this, but, you know, it doesn't really go that far. Mm-hmm. What made the difference for that time where you, act- you actually stick to changing your, your, your habits and behaviors? So the catalyst was speaking uh-huh. to someone, um, a, I was doing a seminar at the time and it was a catalyst was having a conversation and that conversation raised my awareness to see uh, a different perspective on how bad life had got. So that was the initial catalyst that got me into uh, my second rehab and that rehab was, I was mentally in a much more ready space or place mentally to actually take the actions needed because I went to rehab first time and that wasn't really for me. It was for other people. Mm -hmm. And I went through that 12 week process and, you know, and came out and drank the first day, you know, back on it straight away. But the second, the second rehab that I went to was my mind, something had shifted in my mind, something had clicked. There was a new awareness and a new want to actually make a difference and um you know i went to that rehab and actually um i relapsed the first day on that rehab but then from mm. that, uh, that day onwards then i i didn't look back and ultimately it was the first three steps of the 12 step program which for anyone that doesn't know those three steps really gives you a really clear insight into how bad your life's got how uncontrollable your life is and the repercussions of that and that was enough for me to be the catalyst to really say, right, this is it yeah. from that day on it. You know, I never look back. Yeah. And I think I learned a little bit about that on the Russell Brand book. Mm, he yes. wrote something along yeah. those lines. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was yeah, a fun read. On, um, I've got that book on my shelf too. Yeah. And then you, you also mentioned a seminar. So it looks like there was like two rehabs that were kind of the things that you tried. And then there was mm-hmm. this seminar. What, is, what was the seminar about? So I did Landmark uh, for a long time. It's a, it's a well-known oh. um, seminar series and yes, lots of yes. different courses and things. So I, I, I spent about four years doing a lot of those things. Um, and they, they were very powerful in a lot of ways, right? They mm-hmm. definitely helped me shift who I was and unravel some of the internal conversations. But what was really interesting about that whole experience is I still had this inability to control my internal dialogue. I still had these insecurities and this emotional roller coaster of up and down and depression and suicidal thoughts. And, you know, some days I would feel great and there'd be a period of time where my business would be going great. And then I would just hit this wall and I would slump and I would go down back into this process. And it was only when I actually took a year to study cognitive hypnotherapy and NLP and a load of other uh, mm-hmm. modalities that help us understand the brain and the mind and how it all works, mm-hmm. that it all sort of started to click into place, right? And it yeah. gave me the tools and the strategies to not only take myself from this place of this massive roller coaster emotionally and depression and all the things that came with that and get into a place where I am now, which is like supreme confidence, total clarity of what I want to do, and just this distinct knowing and certainty within myself that I can do what I want to do, whatever that is in my life. And that's ultimately what I now give to my entrepreneurial clients who have, you know, struggling with the same thing because it's not something we're taught, right? At school, we're not really taught how to use our mind in an effective Mm -hmm. way and the tools and strategies that NLP and hypnosis and all those things that, that teach us. So you know, it's been, a, it's been a really, really fascinating. It's been a, a very challenging, you know, life initially, you know, it's been very, um, uh, up and down, but I'm grateful for every moment because every moment has brought me to this moment. And this yeah. moment is the strongest version of myself that's, uh, you know, that's able to help people so much more powerfully than I ever could have done if I hadn't gone through that process. Mm-hmm. So you have this thrive to, to learn, to help yourself uh, during this stage of your life. And you also mentioned that you spend a lot of money on coaching courses. What was your mm-hmm. professional background ba- back then to, I guess, fund these coaching courses? Because, you know, some of these, um, um, correct me if I'm wrong, we're talking like, you know, over a thousand sometimes, right? Yeah, sometimes um, over tens of thousands. Exactly, yeah. depending yeah. on who you so, who you work with, right? 
Yeah, of course, of course. And if it's fifty dollars, then you know <laughs> there is something shady. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly, or at least it's not going to be life changing, right? Um, yeah, uh, no, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, um, it that's one of the fascinations, Alonso, with with my journey is I've always had this fascination for wanting to be the best version of myself uh-huh. since, since I was about fifteen or sixteen. You know, like a lot of people, I had the Tony Robbins audio books, yeah. and I would be listening yeah. to them, walking around, like the woods yeah. you know going on walks and stuff around where i lived and i i'd this these two lives lived in tandem and i now see why that this has happened for whatever reason i don't know but i can see why this has happened because i had this obsession with being the best version of myself mentally physically and all the things that come with that i you know qualified as a personal trainer along the way you know i really dived deep into the stuff yeah but i all this this destructive want this just this pattern of complete destruction mentally physically relationship financially all of the stuff that comes with it and it's really fascinating to see these parallel journeys living together because now having experienced the destruction and all learned you know spent 20 20 so so years learning all this information it's now come to the point where it's like ah okay I get it. I've had this experience of self-destruction so I can relate to people and learn from that experience. Mm-hmm. But I've also amassed this large amount of information with diet and fitness and all the other things yeah. that come with And then I had like the capstone, the, the, the piece, the last piece of the puzzle, which is the cognitive therapies and the performance on that side of things. So yeah. it, it's beautifully melded itself together into what I now offer and help people with. And, you know, people say that you, you know, you, you can help people most powerfully with what you struggled with and the journey you've come through and i think that's ultimately what i do yeah no and and nick so going a little back you you you're kind of using as much free resources as you can you're going online you're listening to audiobooks to, to kind of learn more about yourself and somehow reverse engineer uh, creating this instruction manual of how you work to to be better right mm-hmm. and but then how did, how did your addiction affect i guess your ability to make money so that you could have uh, spend all these thousands of dollars in coaching so could you tell me a little bit about that yeah sure so uh, finances would were the most challenging component of my life mm-hmm. for so long and you know being having a self destructive habit you know, everything was a roller coaster ride up and down, right? And finances were exactly that. So I would have some months where I'd, you know, do great in the business and then everything would implode and I would get depressed and do all the sort of suicidal thoughts and everything like that. So it was always just a case of just having enough to be able to afford whatever it is I wanted to do um, and just scraping it all together and just making it work just barely. So it was always only just, uh, okay, I've got loads of money this month, right? Let's spend it. You know, my sabotaging patterns yeah. and self-belief and all that stuff that came with it. So it was, it was, it was never a case of, oh, I had loads of money mm-hmm. and I just like went out there and, and sort of effortlessly did it. It was always a battle. And that was the, ultimately the final furlong for me, like the final piece of mm-hmm. the puzzle was to be able to get the consistency within the business to generate the consistent income, which has always been the challenge. What, what were you doing back then? So, I mean, I started, I, I, like a lot of people, I did a lot of jobs. I yeah. started work when I was sort of 17, bar work, mm-hmm. laboring, uh, white mm-hmm. van driver, you know, courier driver. Mm-hmm. Um, I spent a bit, quite a bit of time in IT. So did about okay. five years in computers. I did sales jobs. You know, mm-hmm. you name it, I probably had a go at it at some yeah. point, right? <laughs> and the thing is, you know, trying to hold down a job and having a major drug addiction is quite a challenging combination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the major things that sort of got me from one job to the next. Like, you know, I'd get fired from one or I'd move on and lose lose hope, you know, lose interest in the other one and, and move on to the next. Now, was Landmark the first time you've ever spent money on a uh, sort of coaching program yeah i think it was actually i think it was i mean it's a few years ago now um yeah i think that was the first sort of um paid experience because up until then yeah i had really just focused on um you know books audio books um online courses maybe a few online courses that sort of thing but that was the first real seminar um and uh you know sort of group courses that i ever took part in for sure yeah so it was just like a um a 
the next step to continue your transformation journey is to start putting the money on systems versus just relying on kind of just going on your own online and looking for a more formal experience, right? Yeah, correct. Fantastic. And then, okay, so now you, you're getting better, right? You're learning all these things. You're spending money on coaching. And I think I read on your side that, you know, some of these coaching programs didn't really do it for you for X or Y reason. And yeah. Then, so, yeah, I mean, I'll touch on that briefly because it's an important piece, right? Because marketing, understanding marketing and understanding the knowledge of how to have sales calls and create leads and all of that are obviously an incredibly important component or an essential input component of building a business. We know that. It's not what I needed, the results that I wanted. Right. And I think it's are we talking about building a coaching business or are we talking about you as a um as a student of a coaching business? Uh building a coaching business. So it's 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 okay. all one and the same, right? It's it's all about my transformation. Correct. But my transformation is about building this business as well, because that was a big mm -hmm. piece of the puzzle that wasn't working for so long. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the the coaching that I was given was to a good standard, but wasn't what I needed. And knowing what I know now with the experience I've had of Landmark and the cognitive hypnotherapy and NLP and all the things that I've trained as allows me to really see what people clearly need. And some people need the strategy component, right? To building their business. Mm -hmm. Some people need the, the tools and strategies to help them in their life, right? Mm -hmm. But actually what most people don't have is the tools to be able to deal with their mindset, their past experiences, reprogramming, um, pre reprogramming their subconscious um, beliefs and all of the things that come with that because those are the invisible barriers that hold back in all areas of our life if they're not congruent with what we're trying to achieve with our, with our life and our business. Mm -hmm. How did you... Um, so you're now moving into, okay, you, you, you had this uh, personal success story for yourself, right? You were able to change things for yourself. Now you're looking into kind of passing it forward and leaving your purpose by now starting a coaching business around the things that you learned to help yourself. How did you get your first client? Oh, good question. So I've been running that coaching business for about six years now. And, oh, first client. Oh, now you're, now you're asking. Um, I think when I when I first started, it was really about word of mouth. And <clears throat> excuse me, when I first started, it was more about um, weight loss. So I started as an online weight loss coach because I wanted to help people. Mm -hmm. And I had obviously amassed a lot of information over the years about health and fitness. And I qualify as a personal trainer. So for me, it was really just word of mouth. And people knew me because I was the health and fitness guy. And, you know, I just, I just asked people the questions. I went out and messaged people on Facebook and my network and my friends and said, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Do you know anyone that would be interested in, in getting involved? Uh, hmm. and, and that, that's, that's how, you know, that's how it started. I think that's how a lot of coaches get it going. Yeah, no, this is an important piece. Uh, and so, you know, you basically built a personal brand around you being just a coach in general, right? Correct. Yes. So when you, you then at some point you switch from the weight loss, um, gig to hey now i'm coaching on this and then you started literally got ramp up that business by going to your network who already knows you who already kind of has an idea were you doing yep. any social media posting back then any sharing yeah content? very ineffectively <laughs> like, what i know now is totally you know i do it totally differently so it was just um, mostly personal interactions with, with yeah yeah name. i mean back, back then it was just straight messaging people and saying hey this is what i'm doing you know very cold introductions and now i build an audience and i do a lot of podcasts yes. a lot of facebook lives and you know I do, I do it very differently it's less about sales straight away it's about just building connection with people and and really getting to know people and you know and if i can help them and they want that help and they want to pay me money for it then great and if not i'll just give them other resources now, okay, so I, I think some people are going to love this because you're very, getting very detailed. So let's get even more detail. Can you roughly tell me what that message looked like to that those first people in your network? What, oh, like, gosh. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, uh -huh. I, think it, I think it was something along the line of, hey, how are you doing? Um, I am looking for 10 people to uh -huh. lose weight. Uh, do you know anyone that would be a good fit? And the, the difficulty thing with the difficult thing is you don't want to say that 
uh, when, with weight loss, you don't want to say to them straight away, oh, are you looking to lose weight? Because that's obviously a very sensitive yeah. subject, right? So I try to make it a little bit more indirect saying, this is what I do. Do you know anyone else? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and sort of went through that way. What about the performance coaching? So I, it was a for me to move on to because I've been involved in biohacking, which is a community of people that are um, about all about sort of bettering themselves. Uh-huh. And, you know, well, it's why I wear these funky red glasses to block the blue light because I'm yeah, you know, it's yeah. um, late at night here and it helps me and all sorts of stuff. It was the natural progression of just a passion that I had for really understanding like, the next level of the human experience, uh, and then it went from it went from being quite broad with the peak performance stuff, like trying to help people help with uh, all areas of their life. So the, the performance from a nutrition, mm-hmm. and the exercise and all that stuff. And then I, you know, I started to learn a bit more about marketing and how to niche and how to really effectively communicate with a message and the right. And that's ultimately why I came to is what I do now is, is focusing on helping entrepreneurs with the, the mindset side of things, because that's where, for me, the most important foundations need to be laid in for anyone, whether you're an entrepreneur or whatever you do. If you don't have a solid foundation of mindset, then life is very, can be much more challenging than it needs to be. And for me, it's, you know, it's really interesting. When I look back now with the weight loss side of things, if I had taught what I teach now in a weight loss setting, I think the clients would have got way better results in the actual program and long term, because what I know now is it's actually what's going on in our mind and our brain that is where most of the results do or don't happen. Mm-hmm. Now, it's important for those for those listening, like uh, the, the stuff that you that you coach on, right? It's not like the like a professional therapist, right? Is 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 that right? Is it is this more is this regulated or not? Yeah, it is. So oh, it is. There's, the stuff that you're doing com- is regulated. Yeah. So there's a combination. So what to understand is that to really develop the mind and free yourself from what I call the mental baggage, which is something that's happened to us in the past. We make it mean something and then we carry it around with us, right? No, Nick, uh, one, one thing I wanted to, to clarify, what, what you're doing now, does it yeah. require any, any special certifications to like actually be able to be in business? Not because yeah. it would help you gain more clients, but because... I don't know, the law says, is, are you in the, I guess, the medical part of okay. this or is it more, okay. right? Sorry, I'm, I'm with you. No, so there's no medical intervention or medical treatment of any illness or anything like that. It's, so you're not a mental illness professional or in, in any sort? So, right? so cognitive hypnotherapy is the training that I've done okay. and NLP, which is how to use the mind to affect change, positive psychology change, right? But it's not about fixing illness. Now, you know, there, there is obviously a very important component of having the medical industry involved with schizophrenia or yeah. bipolar that that's not what i'm talking about that needs so medical you are, help mm-hmm. so you're more like yeah. a, if you say you're more in like in the life coaching business versus a psychologist so it's a it's a blend and this is the point you know uh-huh. that i was making is the fact that what i've discovered is that there's some great resources out there from seminars to books and all these yeah. sorts of things right but oftentimes there's the missing piece. They, they either look at, say, diet as an example or mm-hmm. diet and fitness as the, the, the key component because that's what they know. It's obviously the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Or they look at, um, you know, maybe looking at the past experiences that you've had or they look at trying to optimize the mindset. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've understood from my experience is that actually it needs to be approached from multiple angles. And that's what I've created with my program is it's taking the therapist side, the cognitive hypnotherapist, you know, the actual trained people that do that. I have a team of people that do that with clients one-to-one, right? So we deal with the traumas and the past experiences. So that's the sort of more, um, it's not clinical specifically, but that's more clinical side, the psychology side of it. And mm-hmm. then there's the, the actual mindset, the attitude, and being an entrepreneur, having struggled through that whole process myself so much over the years, I understand them so well. I understand their journey. I understand their pains and their problems. And that's why I focus specifically on them. So it's really a blend of, of, of cognitive therapies, NLP, mindset training, uh, optimization, and a whole host of other things as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you, I think you, you said you're on your sixth year running your performance coaching um, mm. business, right? Yeah. Um, what what do, 
what does the client makes look like? Are they a regular client or is this, is this more of like a one-off, like maybe like a one-month thing or is this a subscription-based business? How, how, does that, how is that working out for you? So originally it was a group-based program uh-huh. and that was sort of very simple um, online webinars once a week and, um, you know, online syllabus. You sort of go and log on and you'd see all the videos, how, you know, the information. And then it migrated to one-to-one. So I found that I got, you know, really great results for people mm-hmm. when I was working one-to-one. So we do a lot of Zoom calls, just like we're doing this this interview here. Uh, and I do it one-to-one base and that would be, a minimum of three months. So we'd work three months. I think three months is a good amount of time to make some real change within people. Uh, and then the the next evolution, which I've just launched actually yesterday, uh, is the is is a basically a combination of the two. So it's a little bit of group stuff um, because there's really good real strength from a community, whether it's online or in person. Mm-hmm. Uh, that aspect's really powerful. And then there's the one to one, which is the therapist, which do the deep diving into the subconscious mind and the past traumas and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. And then there's this webinars like we're doing now, but with the group. So it's, it's, it's been a, a bit of a blend. And that is a three month program, which I work with entrepreneurs who are looking to achieve, you know, $10,000 a month uh, and beyond. So it's driven entrepreneurs, typically online sort of coaches or consultants. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, so in your performance coaching is uh, helping people, um, kind of overcome i think some of, some of what i read in your side is overcome the self-doubt and really reach their peak performance to grow their a business that they they love that doesn't keep them away yeah. at night that they feel good about right yeah i mean ultimately it's about building an unstoppable entrepreneurial mindset okay. that's the sort of the goal is to build uh, this mindset which is you know removes the self-doubt is crippling disease within entrepreneurship especially with it within people in general right so when you have low self-worth crippling self-doubt you procrastinate you self-sabotage because of the internal subconscious programming and all the things that come with that mm-hmm. you're a very ineffective uh you know uh, entrepreneur coach or consultant right you're very ineffective so i help them tune their mind up to deliver a, a very different level of action taking because ultimately it's about taking the right actions consistently over a good amount of time right but we get in our own way. That's the thing that is the challenge for a lot of entrepreneurs is getting in their mm-hmm. own way and overthinking things, procrastinating all the things I've just discussed. Yeah. Now what approximately, uh, what is like the annual revenue of your performance coaching business right now? So, um, the actual figures for this year obviously haven't happened yet because we, we are uh, just turning into this year, but well, the last, aim is, year, last year, so it, it, it's fluctuated anywhere from, um, you know, five grand to sort of nearly 20 grand a month. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, but this year it's all about, because it's, we're so solidified in the idea of understanding who we're helping now mm-hmm. that, and the new programs launch, the, the aim is to get to 30,000 pounds a month. Uh, oh yes, I forgot you're in pounds. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. So just it's, it's a translation to the dollars yeah, is about the same, roughly. Okay, okay. I think it's 1.2 the exchange rate. Yes. But our goal by the end of this year is to have a hundred thousand pounds worth of um, revenue coming into the account each month, which is totally doable. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, like every business, it's just taken time to get to the place where it was the evolution of not only myself personally but also to understand who it is I can help, you know, from the business perspective, who we can help the most. And, you yeah. know, realistically, it's, it's all come to a place, you know, that it feels just so congruent with who I am, so yeah. aligned with what I've experienced and who I can help. Um, and it's just, it's kicking off so fast. It's crazy. Yeah. When you get all those pieces in place and you yeah. have the mindset and everything that I teach my clients, like, growth is exponential. It can happen very quickly. Yeah. So you're, it looks like you're still working and now you, you pass the six figures and you're on your way to uh, the seven figure uh, milestone. Is that, is that right? That's the plan. Absolutely. What has been the most challenging thing about growing your business? Myself. Uh, it's, always, it's always been like the internal dialogue, you know, <laughs> the, the emotional roller coaster the ups and downs now look you know life is challenging entrepreneurship is challenging it is yeah but how you view that from a mindset perspective and how you've dealt with the cognitive side of things is critical and now i have this even keel 
uh, attitude and um, emotional response to things and this ability to be totally focused on what I'm doing, very clear, with high confidence and very high certainty, yeah. it changes the game quite considerably because it takes you from being someone who's very just, oh, I'm at the motion, I'm at the whim of my emotions. Like if my emotions go this way or my feelings go that way, that's how I used to go. Yeah. Whereas now, now I'm in control of all of that. So it's me leading the reins. So it's always been me. And I think for most entrepreneurs, it's, it's themselves that gets in the way of their own success most of the time. Now, this is a good transition for, you know, the idea of uh, not doubting ourselves all the time. And then this is something that you, you, you help your clients with. What would be kind of your best advice on overcoming self-doubt? Okay. So the first thing you need to think about is your mental diet. So oftentimes we think about a physical diet, like what we eat, what we drink, the sort of, you know, that sort of side of things. But mm -hmm. what isn't talked about very often is our mental diet, right? what we're feeding our mind on a daily basis. So yeah. that would include what we read, what videos we watch, what we hear, audio books, or the people we spend time with. And most importantly, the conversations we're having in our head. Okay. Mm -hmm. So our subconscious is listening all the time. What it's listening for is emotional attached conversations and experiences that are repetitive. So if we tell ourselves that we are no good and unworth, you know, not worth success over and over again inside our mind, and then other people are validating that, maybe our parents or you know, friends and things that we watch, then that has a repercussion. So that whole piece is really important. You know, we think about what we eat, why not thinking about what, how we feed our mind as well? So I'm very conscious about who I spend time with. Very conscious. Because who we spend time with has an osmotic effect. It has like, like osmosis. It sort of, it, it, it weaves into, into us, right? If we spend, and my, my counselor used to have a great saying, he said, if you spend enough time in a hairdresser, you'll get a haircut. And his idea was, you know, spend enough time around drug addicts, you're probably going to start doing drugs, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a logical thing. So if you spend your time with people that are very, uh, who moan and complain and are toxic and, you know, all that sort of stuff, then it, it has an effect on you. So mm -hmm. the mental diet is really important. Exposing yourself to positive, uplifting, empowering people and thing, you know, and audios and all the things that you can surround yourself with. So that's a really important component. The second piece, sorry, go on. You're going to say something? No, 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 go ahead. Yeah, the second piece is this past experience stuff that's happened. This is the therapy side of things, okay? Yes. So when we're young, stuff happens, we make it mean something, and then we carry that meaning around with us. because, mm -hmm. And it becomes how we view and how we interact with life, with people, and how we experience everything. So you know, something could happen in your childhood, and you make it mean that, oh, I'm not accepted, I'm an outcome. I'm, you know, I'm an outsider, whatever, something like that could happen and does happen to people. And then you carry this around with you for the rest of your life thinking, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an outsider. I'm not, I'm, I'm the odd one out. Right. And that it flavors how you go about dealing with things. It, it, it stops you from taking the big actions that you want to. It's, it makes you sort of act a little bit smaller and back away from things a little bit, you know, less, confident about things and being a little, doubting yourself a little bit more and that ultimately is just a program in your mind and that's what we do we we get in there we find these past experiences we reframe them cognitively and we allow people to be free of what i call the mental baggage so that frees you up to not be carrying around this stuff And looking at life like, oh, I'm not worthy. I mean, self-esteem is a big piece to this, right? Mm -hmm. This was, for me, I thought I was a, a horrible human being for a long time mm -hmm. with all the things that I'd done with my drugs and mm -hmm. everything that came with that, right? I thought I was a horrible human being and I hated myself. And no good can come from that. Building anything, whether it's a business or, or anything in life, on hating yourself is not a good foundation. So uh, self-esteem is a big piece. And I think if anyone's listening to this that you know, wants to deal with that, get, have a look at your mental diet, things you're listening to, things you're seeing, the people you're surrounding yourself mm -hmm. with and how you're talking to yourself and really start to improve that. And then having a look at the self 
you know, the self-love, the self-esteem piece. There are great books out there that you can have a look at to start exploring these things. And, you know, it, it can be challenging, right? Especially if you're in a place where you don't have a good, very good internal dialogue and you're not surrounded by the best people. And it takes time. I think for me, that was one of the biggest challenges was changing my peer group. Because all the people I spent time with were people that were just like me. who wanted to use drugs all the time and have that party lifestyle. And that was it, right? Um, and I think moving away from that can be quite challenging and daunting because it feels a bit lonely initially. But it was powerful for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, my, my, my takeaway here is, you know, you're trying to start something. You have self-doubt. Go find the people who are doing the same and making it happen, right? Yeah. Don't do it yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I mean, that's a beautiful, Alonso, that's a beautiful thing to have said. And that's absolutely perfect because entrepreneurship can be very lonely. You know, we're sort of this side yeah. of a laptop. And so sometimes when we meet people, it's like this virtually, yes. and it doesn't have the same experience as when you meet someone in, in person. And I think really it's, it's yeah surround yourself with people that are i think there's a mix right there are people that are achieving what you want to achieve already is great like when i, I do a lot of rock climbing and i try to climb with climbers yeah. who are way better than me right yeah because i learn from them so much but also it's twofold it's people that support you but won't let you get away with playing small as well mm -hmm. right there's like this sort of there's this beautiful balance that they love and support you but they won't let you get away with like not getting to your full potential. So they'll have those difficult conversations with you and they'll, they'll push you and support you in a, in a, in a really positive, but sometimes quite a way. And I think that for me are the people that I love spending time with the most. Yeah. Something that you said at the beginning about using, you know, your addiction to alcohol and drugs as escapism. It's, it's mm -hmm. a good transition to talk about procrastination, which sometimes <laughs> is also escapism, right? We don't want to, we're trying to avoid doing, something this is like a big one for me you know i have a i, I had adhd when i was a kid and the adhd symptoms followed me throughout my life which made me be more strategic to overcompensate for the procrastination <laughs> uh how are you how do uh how do you what's your i guess uh your best tool tactics to overcome procrastination what has worked best for you and your clients so So that's a really good question because procrastination was my best friend for a long time, right? <laughs> like it is a lot of entrepreneurs. And I, you know, through all the stuff that I've done, because everything, everything that I teach my clients is something that I've dived deep into and, and paid money for to experience myself. Like the therapies, I've done a lot of time in that and to understand them. And I've obviously qualified as them and all that stuff. Procrastination, I think, is a self-sabotaging pattern. Mm -hmm. And it can be two things. It, one can be the conversations, uh, the subconscious programming in our mind. So we're trying to work towards a goal, but our belief systems are contradicting what we're trying to achieve. So they're not congruent what we're trying to achieve, right? Mm -hmm. Which is like the invisible barrier. And secondly, alignment. So if you're not doing something that you're fully aligned with, like I love what I'm doing. I mean, it's 7.30 at night here on a Saturday evening and I'm having an amazing conversation with you, Lonzo, and I love it, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, people think about, like, oh, it's Monday coming up and I'm looking, you know, I've got to go to work and all that stuff. I don't have any of that. I'll work seven days a week if I need to because I love what I do. I make a huge impact on the people that I help and I really enjoy the whole process because I'm super aligned to it and I know I have value, et cetera, et cetera. So I think there's two things. There's the alignment. If you're not fully aligned, we've all done jobs. We've all done jobs that we yes. frankly have hated, right? Mm -hmm. I've been there. I've done lots of different jobs that I, you know, wake up in the morning, you have that feeling in the pit of your stomach, like, Oh no, another day. Let's see if we can get through this. Right. That has a very different experience to working with something that you love and just want to get going with, you know, and just mm -hmm. want to work with it all the time. So alignment, And, and, and your limiting belief systems because those, those programmings in our brain can actually cause procrastination without us realizing because we have got uh, an incongruent pattern. You know, this is really um, insightful. You know, it's, it's, it's basically the summer is you, your investment on learning about yourself in increasing your self-awareness has mm -hmm. attracted you to doing something that you love and you don't have to escape from something that you love so there is no procrastination on that yeah yeah absolutely it's yeah and that that's it it perfectly put that's awesome um nick um this uh i had a couple more questions going back to the uh, kind of like your, your business uh right now what is your top revenue source you know i know you probably get referrals you get word of mouth like that's the typical inbound for 
Mm-hmm. Most businesses, as, uh, as far as marketing, I, I, I see that you're doing a blog, your website, uh, podcasting. What's driving, I guess, the most um, clients for you? Facebook. Facebook. Right now, yes, Facebook. So, Facebook groups, uh, advertising. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, no advertising right now. Uh, it's literally just organic growth through personal Facebook profile and a Facebook group. So, okay. um, what I've learned over the years is you don't need a huge audience to make good money. Mm-hmm. What you need is you need a targeted, highly engaged, small audience or big, but highly engaged, targeted audience with the correct messaging, talking to the correct niche and yeah. adding as much value as you possibly can. Now, so, this gr- uh, go ahead. Sorry, go. No, go. Uh, this group uh, on Facebook, is this a complimentary offering that anybody can join? Yes. Yeah. I can happily send you a link. It's for all coaches and consultants who have online businesses that want to earn $10,000 plus uh, a month and want to learn about the mindset stuff. I did a Facebook live in there yesterday, which was an hour long training. There's a lot of free stuff that goes in there talking about subconscious, like everything that I teach. Uh, and I launched the program off the back of that um, yesterday. So yeah, that that's for me is um, for me, it's very important to be focusing on one thing and doing that one thing really, really well, then bringing a team on board to be able to help manage that one thing and then go to the next thing. Because, you know, entrepreneurs and the shiny object syndrome is such a classic thing that I used to get um, caught up with all the time. You know, let's go do this and that and this and that and have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and all these, right? And, yeah. and all that really happens is you become okay at quite a lot of different things. Whereas if you want to become really sensational at all of these things, I think first personally, it's about focusing on one, getting to know the system very, very well, bringing on experts to help you learn it if needs be, and then building a team to manage it and then move on to the next one. Yeah. No, I love it. And this is what we're just talking about, right? If you want to be, overcome self-doubt, you want to join uh, a group of people working on the same thing. Uh, virtual is a way to do it. Uh, yep. You know, there is definitely the case for going in person, going to a local group. Yep. But if you want to join a virtual group, we're going to be putting a, a link in the show notes for people who are interested in joining your Facebook group. Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And then um, I think I kind of lost my, uh, my, my, my thought here, but train of thought, (laughs) my train of thought, but we'll just move in to the, to the next part, which is I kind of wanted to really quick learn about uh, the behind the scenes of how you work. This is a series of rapid fire questions before we we wrap up. Yeah. What's your morning routine like? So morning routine is 15 minutes, sometimes a bit longer of visualization. So visualization, I have a a method called the five by five method, which I'll teach people now if you want to teach, if you want me to teach it. Um, But what this basically does is it allows your part of the brain that's like the radar that's searching for things in life. You prime it with what you're looking to achieve and those things you, you start to see them, you know, like when you buy a new car and you want to buy a red Ford Fiesta or whatever it is, and you see them all over the place all the time, right? Well, that's your reticular activating system. Part of your brain is searching for the things that you've programmed in it. So I do that every morning for 15 minutes. It's five scenes that I want to happen in my life. I imagine them in my mind five times and repeat them over five times. So it's five by five, very straightforward. So that's how I start my day. So it gets me really focused on what I'm doing, reminds me of where I am. You know, we think about the the mental diet, right? It's feeding that mental diet really positively. Then I get my journal out. I just have a, a book, a notebook. I don't use anyone specifically. I've just created a thing myself. I write my goals. Mm-hmm. I write three wins from the day before. Um, I write a, an affirmation, the things that I need to improve, a couple of two or three things I need to improve that were you know, slipping or need to, need to adjustment. Mm-hmm. And then at the evening, I'll write the goals again. And that's it. I get up and I have a coffee and I go. <laughs> you know, I was on a, I was on, a, I was on a Facebook live earlier today and we we're talking about morning rituals and, you know, I've had the three, three hour, two hour and one hour versions of those. Right. <laughs> and like a lot of people do. And I think a lot of that is just a complete waste of time. It's just like, well, those hours or that two hours or extra hour or whatever I could spend, you know, talking to people like you, or I could spend like, you know, creating more leads on Facebook or adding value yeah. to the group or whatever. So yeah. for me, it's just, uh, yeah, that, that's how I do it. You know, those three-hour uh, morning rituals sometimes turn into three-hour, one-morning-a-year rituals. <laughs> yeah, and also three hours of procrastination. I mean, it's perfect, isn't it? It's like, you know, it's like I've got a three-hour routine. I'll just use that to procrastinate. It's yeah. Perfect. What, uh, what's one word that best describes how you work? One word. Um, 
fast. Fast. I, I think I think that's something that people um, often comment on me is like, how do you get that stuff delivered so quickly? Like you always seem to be ahead of the curve, and you know stuff that would take normal people. I say normal people would take other people. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't think I'm extraordinary or, or, or godlike or anything Too late, like that. You're, don't worry. Your yeah, secret yeah, identity yeah. has been yeah, revealed. No, 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 it's okay. We'll edit um, it out. No, yeah, we'll edit it. No, no, <laughs> it's fine. That's just the reality. It's how life goes. Um, but no, I, I, the reality is, um, I'm. I'm very efficient with my time. Yeah. And I think the key thing, there's two books I'd highly recommend for any entrepreneur. One is called Essentialism and the other thing, the other one is called The One Thing. And those two books together are really powerful because it reminds us that we can't, we can do anything we want in life, but we can't do everything well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key thing that makes a profound difference is get super clear on what it is that you want, know what works and focus on that alone so yeah to answer your question fast i think it's probably fast a, yeah fantastic now we will we'll just go if there is any resource that you want to share i am happy to put a link in the show notes so you can just comment on that and i'll keep a note to to add those um yeah thank you in the interest of time we'll just kind of go through these questions just with like short answers so that we can yeah. wrap up before the top of the hour uh, and that would be great uh, nick so the next question is current computer MacBook Pro, there is no other choice, is there? <laughs> Current mobile device. Sorry? Current mobile device. Uh, mobile device. Um, mobile. I, yeah. I actually have a Huawei because I bought the. Oh, I was expecting an iPhone, but. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, apps, desktop apps, or software tools you can't live without. Maybe like your top three Evernote. Evernote. Um, Zoom, like so, we're on now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's it. I try and keep it simple. Two. Okay. Two is enough. Yeah. Uh, whatever they think you're better than anyone else. I think you kind of went ahead and tell me you're like really, really efficient. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like your superpower. there. What's your workspace setup like? I mean, I can't really see it, but it looks like you're flying in the universe. Right now. I am in the universe. This is my universe. <laughs> no. So um, standing desk. Uh -huh. um, very, very simple. Standing desk, um, mic, for, you can see obviously see in the, yeah. the image for right now, um, and just a plant and a couple of lights. That's, that's it. I like to stand. It keeps energy high. Mm. Um, it keeps posture good, all that sort of stuff. Um, nice. So yeah, just minimal and fairly uh, green screen behind me, obviously, which is why you yeah. can see the universe. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's the best time saving life hack that you have? Oh, um, best time saving. Yes. I would say two things. Get your sleep dialed in because it means you're way more productive during the Get day, sleep. which gets more done. Like people underestimate how important that is. Uh, and just again, being ruthless with what you focus on. Mm. Like not doing, not focusing on everything, ignoring distractions. Like people send me messages every day trying to convince me I should do this product or this service or that, and you know, and all these sorts of things. I'm, I'm with my phone. I, I, you know, I have very minimal notifications. All my social media apps are no notifications. I go in and use them. So just being very strict on my time. Favorite way to keep track of your to dos. Great question, actually. Something I'm looking into. It's always just been uh, either Evernote or Wonderlist, just mm -hmm. because that's just the way I've been uh, been doing it. But with the scaling up of the business over the next few months, I am looking for a, a different way of doing that. When you work, do you listen to anything? <laughs> when you're, I guess, no, I know your work is. Let me let me rephrase that. When you're working on stuff in your computer, do you listen to anything? Yes. Um, sometimes just nothing, just silence. Sometimes um, it depends what I'm doing. If it's something creative, like I need to actually focus on it, then I'll have, um, I can use binaural beats in my, in my headphones, mm -hmm. in my noise cancelling headphones, um, or Brain FM sometimes, or music or silence. It just depends on what, what I'm doing, what I'm focusing on, and the environment that I'm in as well. Any book uh, that you're currently reading or listening to? Do you know what? It's interesting you ask that because I'm right now I'm not reading anything. So fine. And I'm not, I'm not, um, because I, you know, I've learned over the years that more information isn't always better. And if we just, I'm, I'm um, like that too. I'm not like, right? that. I'm not reading a book all the time. It's on and off too. So yes, amen to that. <laughs> I think yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about that another time, but, um, 
a sleep routine since you're, you're talking about sleep? Blue blocking glasses. Everyone on the oh. planet should have them. Um, the make I recommend are Foxman's, F-O-X-M-A-N-S. Mm-hmm. They are very, very cheap. They're like 20 bucks. You can get loads of different frames, black ones, with different colored lenses. You use it throughout the day? Say again? You use them throughout the day? So I use these whenever I'm at the computer because the blue light from the screen actually changes our uh, a hormonal response. Basically, it makes us a bit sleepier. Uh, it keeps oh, so me more focused. It, you use them before you're going to go to sleep, right? So if you're yeah, working, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. At the computer and an hour or two before I go to bed. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. And then what do you do when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused? Go out for a walk in nature. Fantastic. Uh, the last three years, uh, what have you become better at saying no to? Maybe like one thing that you have become better at saying no to. Anything that's not on my focus list. Ooh, okay. Well, I'll probably skip that one. And then, what something that most people don't know about you? This is going to be a hard one since you, you, you share a lot about you online. But It's a good question. I do share everything <laughs> pretty much. Um, um, and it doesn't have to be associated with your business. I, I, it's just more no, of a No, no, sure. It's a, no, it's a great question. I, um, I don't know about me. Um, I have a sauna at home that I love. A what? <laughs> a sauna. I love saunas. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I'm you have a crazy sauna man, and I love ice baths as well. Ice baths. Yeah, I'm. A, well, I don't do ice baths, but I do the cold showers. Yeah. 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 Me too. I love cold them therapy. too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is the last question, uh, and so then we'll be we'll be able to wrap up. Is in, if today was your last day on Earth, the one behind you, and everything you created was all to disappear but you could leave your loved ones and the world behind with three truths about life. What would those be? You can do anything you want to. Uh-huh. As long as your mind, you, you believe you can. Uh-huh. Be kind to people. Ooh, love it. You never know what experiences they've gone through, where they're at in their life. And have fun. Fuck, have fun. <laughs> you can do anything you want to be kind and have fun nick that was, that was that's a wonderful end right there and you know thank you so much for this uh wonderful uh time together no thank you for having me on alonso i really appreciate it um yeah it's been it's been a pleasure i do love doing this and yeah love what you're up to so thank you fantastic And that was my interview with Nick Elvery. A couple of quick announcements before you leave. For reference, you can access these episode notes alongside other resources at bit.ly slash BTS EP035. Again, that's bit.ly slash BTS EP035. Finally, if you enjoyed listening to this interview, the best way to support this podcast is by leaving a review in your favorite podcast app. Thank you for tuning in. And remember to live a life that moves you.